Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Difference. I'm Lyndon Wilson. I am your host, joined here today with Brian Dobbs and Mickey Moss. Um, have you ever stopped to think about what it takes to make the difference? I mean, what really makes a difference in our lives, in our careers, our businesses, our industries, even in our communities? Is there a common denominator that can transform good into great, acceptable into the exceptional, or mediocre into the elite? If you're like many of us who are seeking the answers, well, welcome to The Difference. Um, I'm going to start off with uh, with you, Brian. I want you to tell everybody who you are. Um, you're my my trusty co-host, and I really appreciate you you being here with me. Um, so I'm going to let you tell a little bit about yourself. Then I'm going to introduce Mickey and let Mickey tell a little bit about himself. This is his first time uh, visiting us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Lyndon. And always, always a pleasure to be on the show. And and uh, definitely, Mickey. Key. looking forward to the show with you we we had a uh, we had a really good talk prior to uh, getting this thing on the on the live button so a little bit about me I've been coaching for over over 11 years now public speaking for 16 years work primarily with real estate agents real estate professionals and in, in the industry so uh, written a book last year published that that's that was a, uh, a, a fantastic feat and an accomplishment that I praise God for. And, you know, right now, Lyndon and Mickey, uh, keeping, keeping my eyes on the Lord, trying to figure out what, what's going on with, with all the stuff that we're going through, but have faith and, and courage and, and hope and confidence that this too shall pass and we will be put into a lot better place uh, going forward. Fantastic. Again, thanks for being here, Brian. Um, Next, I have Mickey Moss. Mickey, uh, for me, this is this is a this is a treat. It's kind of a unique situation. Uh, I'm going to share a little bit from my perspective. Um, I talked to Mickey. Met, I guess we actually really met probably about a month ago by phone, right? And uh, but what he he didn't know at the time is that I've known him since college days. He went to uh, played football with a a good friend of mine that was a couple years older than me, and so. Uh, uh, I actually played at a different school, and uh, we were we were somewhat rivals. Um, but I got to uh, to be around those guys uh, at, at Southern Arkansas a, a couple of different times. So I knew who Mickey was, and then uh, obviously being a football coach here in the DFW area, I also knew who Mickey was and about his success. And so I got to share that with him when we when we got to visit by phone. But Mickey, thank you so much for being here today. And uh, if you would just share a little bit about who you are, um, what your life's journey has been to this point, and uh, what you're doing now, and then we're going to get into our discussion. Well, when I share with people about where I went to school, and same with you, I could say, yeah. you know, school in L.A. L.A. is mm -hmm. like, yeah, lower, lower Arkansas, right? <laughs> Both in the lower, you know, for years, I actually coached in lower Arkansas, Hamburg, Arkansas, Magnolia, Arkansas, but I uh, graduated. Uh, Pre-med was my major. Uh, I thought I was going to become a doctor, my wife's physical therapist, and uh, get ready for med school. And and uh, just, I knew that was not what I wanted to do. I was working in children's hospital um, at, at pharmacy tech at the time and taking additional classes for my MCAT and uh, ended up getting a job in Northwest Louisiana, Sam Goodwin, who was a college coach for me. Uh, I gave me my first opportunity to coach, and from there I went to the University of Texas, spent three years, uh, got into high school football after that, and total have been coaching 33 years, and, and uh, in, in that last year and a half of coaching, I knew I would be eligible for retirement uh, with TRS. I didn't know if that's what I wanted to do, so I started praying about that, and, and then so uh, a year ago, that last ball game in November versus North Mesquite, when that game was over, I knew uh, I just had a piece that it's time. I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, I, I laid out maybe a plan for several different things to do research in, um, possibly real estate, possibly fundraising, possibly financial advising, possibly uh, what <laughs> a lot of different things, but I wanted to be involved with people and I wanted to help people. Right. And then the, the other category I put was, well, if someone reaches out to me, um, I, I'll, I keep an ear, open ear. And so a guy named um, Andy White from U.S. Leadership contacted me through LinkedIn and said, hey, look at, look at our website. Tell me what you think. Get back in touch with me. 
I did. Uh, I, it really intrigued me. I uh, reached back out to Andy. We had lunch together, um, had some good barbecue, and discussed what U.S. leadership does over lunch. I still was trying to gain more for the next 60 days. We had discussions, uh, learned more and more, and then I made, made a decision, Andy and I together made the decision that, that, that me joining U.S. leadership would be uh, the right thing, and uh, I believe God has directed my steps there. And it's been a blessing. I've been doing working with U.S. leadership now for over a year. Okay. Tell us a little bit about what U.S. leadership is about. How do you serve people and help people there? Well, you know, initially it was, it was really hard for me to, to kind of explain without getting into technical jargon. But basically what I would say we do, we strategically partner with, with a company and their leader uh, or key leaders. And, and what we want to do, we want to come alongside of them and, and we want to help their company accelerate their growth and excellence. Leaders all, the, the, the CEOs, the entrepreneurs who, who start a company have uh, this vision, this dream initially that they want, but then somewhere in the middle of that, it, it, things get cloudy, they get confused, or they get overloaded, or they end up doing different roles, or the roles needed to change, they didn't. So we, we bring clarity into that. Uh, we we uh, help them to see uh, back to their original dream, and then we we show them how they can grow. Um, we 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 help them with planning as far as that stages of revenue growth, uh, building their uh, infrastructure, building their overhead, project planning. There, there's so much we do, but but that all starts with us coming in and basically doing a health checkup. You know, if you would go to the doctor at age 50, okay, 60, get a doctor's appointment, go for a health checkup. Well, what we do with the business and the key leaders, we'll come in and do a health checkup. What we call is a, a, a needs analysis, a mm -hmm. business excellence analysis. It's, it's similar if, you, if you're familiar with uh, the Ballridge uh, business excellence model or Texas business excellence model. It's, it's a methodology. It's a way to come in and measure. And so it gives a starting point and say, here's where we are. And then the leaders have to decide where we want to go. And so we project plan with them on that, uh, what, what our role is going to look like. And then we strategically come in and work with them. Awesome. Um, Brian, do you have any questions for him? I've got just one more. And then Brian, if you've got any, but tell me what's unique about U.S. leadership. What, what If you were going to say one thing that stands out that you feel is really unique, um, like a value add, what, what would that be? Uh, Within our staff, what we truly believe is in what we do, we need to be able, we need to do it in the love and excellency of Christ. Uh, that is the foundation. We don't preach that, push that, or anything. It's just who we are. And so as we serve, we do it in the love and excellence, excellency of, of Christ. And, and we want, uh, out of, uh, pure sincerity, we, we want to help people. We want to partner with them, but in that partnership, we're there to help. Okay. Um, Brian, that, that sounds so familiar, doesn't it? Core value. It, it, it does sound kind of like <laughs> what we talk about all the time. So one of the things, Mickey, uh, you and I discussed prior to uh, the show today was that, that you, you often ask the, the businesses or the leadership or the people that you're involved with, what is their purpose? And that, that really strikes a chord with me because I, I really believe that we all have a life purpose yes. and we all have a calling. And that, that was really encouraging to me to hear that in the very beginning. Uh, could you could give us a, a, a brief snippet of, you know, that question or what, what are you looking for? Kind of, kind of explain that from, from your, your stance. Well, first I like you, well, you mentioned it earlier to me, uh, make a difference in, in what that looks like. And, and for us, you know, with, e with every person, every person says, I, these are the values I believe in. And so in examining, okay, what, what do those values actually look like in action? And, and, and I believe one of the keys that holds us to what we believe in, to what it actually looks like played out is, is understanding what is our purpose? And so I'm defining that. Why do you exist? And, and it doesn't necessarily, for some, we, they're agnostics that we work with. And, 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 you know, them defining a purpose at times is a little bit more difficult, but they can say, okay, here's what 
uh, here's what I gain pleasure in. But for uh, for those who have a a, a spiritual um, guidance in 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 their life, and and for me, uh, I believe that I'm I'm uniquely created, and we are masterpieces. We are created uh, created to do good things, good works, as it says in Ephesians two ten. Uh, that we have purpose, we have meaning, and God takes pleasure in working his will in our life. So that purpose is, is I used to tell my football players, I said, guys, I can tell you what your purpose is. Make a difference. May be a positive difference in someone else's life. And, and our role in that is, okay, what, is that, what does that purpose look like in, what, in your own life? Okay, so for me personally, um, I, I, I believe that my purpose is to pursue God with all my heart so that I may, so I would be able to influence, challenge, and equip others to live their life with joy and purpose. And, and, and so that's my purpose statement. And it's short. It, 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 for me, it's, it's a passionate statement. It creates emotion in me, and it's a memorable statement for me. Man, I, I, I want to help others live their life with joy and purpose. And the way I do that is I influence, I challenge, and I equip them. But for me to be able to do that, I first must be pursuing Christ himself so that I am equipped to do what he's called me to do. Absolutely. Thank you for that. I, one of the things, and Lyndon, I won't steal the whole thing. No, you won't. So, the, the Bible verse that, that's, that's my life verse is John 17, verse 4. Mm -hmm. And it, it's an account of Jesus when he was praying. He said, Father... Uh, I have finished the work that you've given me to do now be glorified. So Brian's uh, translation to this is that Jesus at the end of his prayer lifted up his hands to the Lord and said, father, I finished the work now be glorified. And that that's where I, um, I, I really get a lot of passion from that. God, what work did you give me? You know, yeah. you created me just like you said, we're unique. We're, we have a fingerprint, a retina scan, and dental records just to show that we're we're unique from past, present, and future. Everybody that's ever been on the earth, which is exciting. So what has God uniquely gifted me with in order to turn that gift into a service to serve community, to serve my family, to serve others, to import part that one fingerprint or that one space in their life that would, would give them hope, encouragement, edification, whatever it may be that would point them to Christ. So love that. Mickey, that, this is this is exciting. That, that purpose gets you pointed in a direction is what I, I it gives us I, like a compass. It serves as a compass for our life. And no matter how, if, whether we get off track, we can always come back to that compass to point us to that true north and who that true north is for us. Okay. So we... And a lot of times that question gets asked when we're in the middle of a storm. Hey, what's our purpose? Because we do, because of our faith, we do believe that we are to, we will experience trials. We will be persecuted. There will be difficulties. But I believe in the trials, there is a purpose in that too. There is there is purpose in our pain, and and it, all of it is to make us complete, to make us the best version of who God designed us to be. Great stuff. So leads us well into what I want to get to next. Um, what we're going to talk about today, and I'm really excited to hear the viewpoints and um, thoughts from both of these gentlemen. We're going to talk about the things that make the difference. And we're going to, our topic is leadership, mentorship, and coaching. What are the differences? Um, Mickey, you coached 30 something years. Brian, you've been a business coach. I was in football. Um, when you're on the, the practice field, you hear leadership a lot. Um, we're always coaching the guys to be leaders on, on the team, right? You're looking for that leader. You're looking for the locker room leader. Um, and so you you all, everyone knows that you have the coaching aspect on any athletic, uh, usually any athletic team or anything like that. Um, you look for the players to have the leadership role and take on leadership roles. And sometimes that's challenging. There's been a lot of teams I've been a part of that had no leadership, had great coaches, but really no leadership. So what's fascinated me, and Mickey, you and I talked about this, Brian, you've heard me, me talk about this, is how 
there's so many similarities between coaching a high school or, or, or call any team um, and coaching people in business. But I yeah. think uh, my, my, I want to know this. This is a question. This is the first question I want you guys to help me answer. Is there a misunderstanding or misconception in the professional realm of what leadership, mentorship, and coaching is? Are they three different things or are they all the same thing? Mm -hmm. um, Brian, let's start with you first on that. Wow. So I, I believe that they're all three separate things yeah. and, and distinctively different where, where leadership would, would lead you here, mentorship would lead you there, and coaching has a whole uh, complete aspect. I, I actually teach a workshop on that, Linda, which we've talked about before. And I, I think it's important for us as professionals, as just human beings, to understand the, the difference and the, the different roles, the descriptions, and the, the responsibilities of being a mentor, a leader, and a coach. Okay. Um, Mickey, what do you think? You think oh, I, I think they're three distinctly different roles. I, I, I think I, I think leadership from that position of leadership, you, you don't have to be in any position of authority to be be a leader. I, I believe you can lead up, you can lead lead from the middle, you can lead. Leadership is the actions that you live out that impacts other people, and and, and so we're always impacting in some way positive or negative and that's leadership it's okay. influence but but coaching and mentoring are, are typically two things that you have to either been asked uh asked for um or you've been appointed to or so you know one i believe like in coaching for me personally it's it's about asking questions it's about to it's not to give you a bunch of information but but coaching today not football coaching, not not on the field sports coach. And I think the, the reality of what true coaching is with individuals is, is me asking you the correct questions to generate a, a direction from you so you can get that clarity and you can see yourself. I, I Because ultimately, I want you to own it. And the, the best way for you to own it is for me to, to ask those questions that will help draw it out of you so you can see clearly. Uh, mentoring is more of <clears throat> uh, if, if someone asking me the questions to to learn you know they they want they've got these questions they want to ask and gain pull information from me and it's and the reason why I'm in a, if I'm in a mentoring role is because uh, I, I'm an example possibly that or because I'm old I got white hair <laughs> <laughs> Faith, where I am, you know, there's there's multiple reasons on the mentoring side that that people are looking. They want someone to help mentor them. Uh, it doesn't happen too often, but those mentoring relationships, you know, we're we're taught that those those are so critical in our life, and and I believe we've all had those in some way. I'm, the guy mentored me when I was a new believer in Christ, uh, 21. We call it discipling, but he he was a pastor that invested time in me, mentored me, but I allowed him to. Okay. And, and he was willing to. And so each, each three look different. I, I think what we all can do, we all can lead. Right. Uh, and and I, I also think we can all, all learn to mentor. I, I, I really absolutely. believe that. Absolutely. I, I do. I, I agree with you on there. So yeah. it, one of the, go ahead, Lyndon. You go ahead. One of the things about mentoring that I look at and I, I teach and, and, and subscribe to or ascribe to, I don't, I don't subscribe. <laughs> I don't have a, a monthly subscription to that. I do ascribe to it. I, I, I believe in it that, that you have a mentor model and, and I use those terms uh, collectively because I want to show the, the, uh, the tie in. Because if, if you needed to, to learn about Zoom calls, which we've all had to, to brush up on our, our skill sets on this virtual world that we've, we've been thrown into. Well, there, there are several people on our team and, and that I worked with that I've had to show them and just educate them. Say, hey, listen, come with me. I'm gonna show you how to do a, a Zoom call. Well, I wasn't coaching them. I was more or less showing them a model that 
I understand a few of the intricacies and, and the ins and the outs of it, and you can copy that. So mm -hmm. you can copy what your mentor does, which is great. That's more discipleship to me. And I coach on the, off, the other side, if I can get into this really quick, because I want to ask both Mickey and, and Lyndon, you guys, on your perspective, on your coaching, I know that, that a, a football coach, and, and I haven't been a football coach, so just being in sports, I know that the coach will tell you the things that you need to be doing. Mm -hmm. One of the aspects that I think uh, is, is not mentioned enough, and, and, and this is a pause, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to backstep and ask you the question. Don't, as a good coach, wouldn't you recommend or doesn't it happen in, in the sporting arena that you're going to show the athletes or the people, you're, the, the guys you're coaching, the blind spots? You know, why, why are they getting sacked every single time? You know, when, when they, they go out to the left and they just get just plummeled every single time. Isn't there a blind spot that you guys talk about a lot in, in the sporting world? Go ahead, Mickey. Oh, for me. Well, I, I actually talk about blind spot uh, quite a bit in my own life and sharing with others that, uh, you, you know, I, I look at it two ways. You know, we all use the example of the car, that area you can't see, but also say uh, the retina, where the retina attaches to the back of the eye, there, there aren't any rods and cones in that area. So somewhere out there, there's a there's this blind spot where we have the inability to see. Uh, so we have to recorrect our vision or in the case of, you know, like we talk about in cars, something that helps us see in that area, which today there are all these uh, uh, warning signals, the detectors on that, but really in life, it's, it's allowing someone else to help point out that blind spot that we have. And we've got to be open to that. You know, right. we got to receive that uh, and, and then take that and chew on it and say, you know, you're right. Uh, that is a blind spot for me. I didn't realize that. Correct. Um, you know, for me, Brian, um, and, and through my coaching, and, I, and, and I've shared this with everybody, I did not know what I did not know until I started coaching. Just because you play football doesn't mean you know how to coach it. And I was fortunate to be around some really good ones that really taught me how to coach. One of the things that it's, it's, and I don't, I don't know if Mickey's had the same experience, but sometimes a coach will be considered a, a, to be a, a negative person because you're always pointing out what could be better, how it should be better. And you're always anticipating those blind spots. Yeah. And uh, with a mentor, you're showing what you did, you know, how you do it. You're giving an example physically and, and, and actively. Coaching for, for me was to be able to look at film of, a, of the next opponent or the game that we just had and figure out what we did wrong and try to figure out why we did it wrong. Um, look at them of the other team and scout them and try to anticipate how they were going to attack us mm -hmm. and try to shore up the weaknesses because they're watching film just like us and mm -hmm. they're seeing where our weaknesses are. And we've got to be aware of that. I mean, that's the, we go back to the self-awareness. Um, you've got to be self-aware of your team, of your players, of your positions, um, because that other that other coach is thinking th those things, and that's where he's going to hit you in your in your in your blind spot. Um, would you agree, Mickey? Yeah, uh, great example of film. You know, film is the best teacher. What, what was it saying in coaching? We say the eye in the sky doesn't lie. You, you know, when a when a person sees their self on film, you know, again, once they see it, then they realize, whoa. <laughs> Yeah, and, and so in that film room, their head might uh, go down or, uh, did you see that? So the ability to see for them, and I think, again, that translates for me into coaching, asking those questions, helping them to see. And once they begin to see, then, then, then they own that. So, you know, once that guy real recognizes, oh, yeah, I, I, you're, you know, I did take that bad step or whatever. I did duck my head on that tackle. They see themselves doing it, and then, then, then they're going to go and they're going to correct that themselves. Correct. Absolutely. Um, right. And, and go ahead. Go ahead, Brian. You mentioned a a fantastic question. Is once they see that video, once they hear from whoever's coaching them or mentoring them, then that that point of Hey, listen, this is, this is the, I'm going to 
give the baton. I'm passing the baton to you now. You can, you can duck your head. You can, you can point fingers. You can make excuses. I wasn't feeling well. Uh, I was fatigued or I stayed up too late. Whatever it is, it's ownership. Yeah. And that's where I think the ownership, Lyndon, where, where we define each one of these roles, leadership, mentorship, and coaching, that ownership falls on our shoulders again. We're like, okay, now you told me. You told me my blind spots. You told me why I continue to get into this pattern. And now it's my responsibility to either take ownership and lead or make excuses and stay in the same place I've always been. Great point. Um, let me ask you guys this question because it's, it's when you were talking, both of you before, a coach, I mean, we all need, and Brian, we've talked about this, we all need to be more self-aware and more self-reflective. If we're going to have personal and professional growth, that's, those two things are critical. Um, with a leader and a mentor, are they as, they're, in my opinion, I want to get your opinion, but in my opinion, they're less about self-reflection of that person, maybe not themselves, but of the person um, where a coach is more in tune in helping you reflect back on things and be more self-aware of where your weaknesses are. Do you, would you agree or disagree with that? A mentor, if he's showing you the path, right? I'm leading by example. So I'm doing it my way. I'm not going to show you, Brian, why you need to be self-reflective. I'm just going to show you how I'm doing it. I'm going to show you the way that's been effective to me. That's a mentorship kind of, right? But as a coach, I may, and with, and as Mickey said, ask questions, ask those probing questions and get in a little bit deeper and kind of get you to be self-reflective of why you are where you are today and what you might need to do to be different tomorrow. I'm going to say partial agreement, partial um, uh, how about this partial agreement? Okay. So one of, one of the things, and just just because of me, just how I, I define it, one, I, I look at coaching as, you know, having having the eyes to see the the whole picture. And, you know, where do you want to end up? And looking at it from more of a holistic approach. Maybe that's my my ministerial background. Maybe that is my uh, my desire to to really give God all the glory in my physical health, my spiritual health, my intellectual and emotional, as well as relational. So I think a, a coach actually takes the whole and can get you where you need to be by giving you the blind spots, giving you the right things to do. A mentor, I don't think side, uh, shies away from showing you your, your, your downside or your, your setbacks in that one given specific arena i just think the the coach looks at the holistic side and the the mentor looks at a specific side and that's just my own personal opinion i don't know if i i'd chalk that up and take it to the bank but it, no, it's I, worked I, for I, me I, I, and my belief on, on the on the coaching side is you know and you, but it, the holistic approach is you know defining what their values are mm-hmm. because that values will determine uh basically what comes out you know the, particularly under pressure well you say uh, uh w- w- when you're under the pressure when you're under a squeeze what what's in you will come out of you and and so if, if you haven't been developing those values and in, in the foundation of your integrity and your character and, and and your empathy and how you treat people so all of those will be outward actions that come out of you and, and this is what I used to tell players, you know, like, uh, oh, coach, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I let me back on the team or, uh, you know, I, 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 that was a mistake that I made. I shouldn't have done this or that when you had to discipline someone. And, and the question I would say is, okay, I understand that. But when things are good, it's easy to be, you know, do right. But when the pressure's on, when adversity hits, you know, that's what's inside starts to come out. And that's the real challenging question for anyone. Uh, so in coaching, I, I believe, because as a leader, um, the responsibility, the authority, you're going to face challenges that others in your organization don't face. 
And so the key in that is as the leader, if that value system, that foundation is not there. And that's why we believe is if a company is going to be an excellent company, then the leader has to make that same commitment and the key leaders to be excellent in their life. And so that culture that is developed based upon a value system that either you're in this culture and you're, you're, you accept these values and you're, you're gonna believe these values and you're gonna live these values in our company or you, you need to go elsewhere. You know, and those, those are the hard conversations as we, as we define what we're gonna be about on those values and we start looking to bring people on board and we're seeing who do we need to bring into that circle. You know, Jesus had an inner circle of those three. Uh, as, a, as a leader of a company, you have, a, you have an inner circle of guys that you want to be in that culture with you. Okay. Uh, Remember as a coach, Lyndon, when you get those guys six bought into the weight room, if you get six bought in that, then those guys infect the rest of them. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what you look for is you look for that leadership quality and those people that will buy in because they're going to lead the rest um, because they have that influence. They have a different influence than what the coaches have. Um, yeah. I think that, um, so here, here's my, here's my next question. Let's, let's shift gears a little bit. We talked about leadership, mentorship, and coaching, all of them being equally as important. Would you agree? Um, as a business professional, why do I need all three? Because I, and Brian Dobbs, you uh, you may agree or disagree with me on this. I see a lot of people that there's a lot of leadership within their their industry, within their organization. There's a lot of mentorship. There may not be a lot of coaching. There may not be that different perspective. And some people seem to want to take corner or cut corners and avoid the coaching because of maybe the cost associated with it. A lot of time your leadership, your mentorship is free. That's good. Sometimes coaching isn't, right? There's a price. Um, so my, my question is, where does the value for a, a professional come from in all three? Should they cut any of those corners out? Nikki, go ahead. Go ahead, Brian. Okay, so... Um, and I will take the, the helm on this. I, I, I really believe that there, and, and I'm total agreement with you, Lyndon, that there is a fear about coaching. And there, there's not so much a fear about mentoring. Mentoring, you, you, you want to learn a skill, either negotiating or learning how to write a contract or learning how to do a website or learning a specific trait. And, and you, you're geared on that. Coaching creates a, a, a fear of the unknown because we, we do bring things to the light and you, you are, you're, you're basically sitting underneath a light and, and the eye in the sky doesn't lie. So I, I really love that phrase, Mickey. I thought that was, that was great because when you have, you ask somebody uh, to review your, you know, your starting point from a to your, 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 point to where you are now, whether it's D or M or wherever, and you say, hey, listen, I need to get better. What do I need to do? And that person goes through line after line after line item and says, oh, well, you know, I see patterns here. Well, those things are, are not necessarily comfortable. You, you can talk to everybody about the New Year's resolution and everybody wants to work out and eat right. Talk to them about that in March and April. Hey, listen, how are you doing eating? How are you doing on your workout plan? They are not happy with you. In January, they were thrilled. You know, they want to be your best friend. But March and April and June and July, and you say, hey, listen, you know, is that still going, you know, working well for you? <laughs> they are, you are not their best friend. So I think coaching brings out a lot of that. Uh, not that it's negative. Uh, if you understand growth and you understand that leadership quality, it actually makes you better. Every time I talk to you, Lyndon, you and I would talk about every day. I grow. I, I love it. I love the challenge. I like the pushback. I like the truth because whenever I can embrace the truth and receive it, 
then I can get better every single day in my life. So I like coaching, but I've, I've developed a taste for it mm. and passion for it. I, I agree. Um, Mickey, let me ask this. It, it, with your experience, and, and Brian, I want to get your, your opinion on this as well. In some, in some industries and in some businesses, the leadership and the mentorship, would you, is it a possibility that it could be a little softer than what the coaching aspect would be? Simply because of morale around the, maybe the office, maybe you don't want to say the things that need to be said um, to bring, to, to really highlight um, those blind spots and weaknesses. So you kind of, you kind of sugarcoat some things as a mentor, as a, as a leader, not that you should, but again, you've got to work with that person on a daily basis. Yeah. A coach, on the other hand, sometimes you're getting paid to identify the, the weaknesses. That's what, I mean, that's what you hired me for. I mean, yeah. as a many years ago, as I was a personal trainer, I told people, I said, this is the hardest sales job in the world. And the reason it was the hardest sales job is because I've got to get you to pay me and you're going to do all the work. <laughs> um, and you're not going to, you're going to not, not like what I'm telling you every day that you come in, eat less, eat different, work harder. I mean, you know, it, it never was that you've done everything right because if so, you wouldn't have been there. Uh -huh. So I sometimes wonder if the coaching aspect, people don't shy away from that because of the intensity of it. Um, what are your thoughts on that? You know, I, and this is the way I go about, you know, one of my first goals is just to, uh, and I don't want to say gain trust, but I, I want I want them to, I develop that relationship first uh, before I get into those hard areas. And so I can get to that point and, you know, typically, you, you know, may start off with, I do a lot of one-on-one -on -one sessions. Um, I might start with, tell me, tell me three things that uh, you did really well last week. Um, that you feel good about what you accomplished. And, and, and we'll start a conversation like that. But at some point in the conversation, there may be, maybe it's okay. And I ask permission as a coach. I, I say, can I have permission? Because I want to ask you a difficult question here concerning this. And when you ask them that way, 95% of the time, they're, they're going to say, yes, I, I give you permission to ask. Okay. Because, it, you know, for some, it, it may be, well, you're, you're getting a little too personal there. But, but those questions have to be asked because that's who you are. It's woven in what you, you know, it, it, it comes out in everything you do. Right. So those questions have to be asked. And, and th those are tough questions. But, um, you know, I typically would start off with, like, asking them what the agenda is. And, and when you start asking them then they, they start giving you the freedom to even ask those tougher questions. Right. So when we're talking about making the difference for those out there that may have leadership and mentorship, but may be afraid of the coaching aspect because of getting, getting deep into those personal questions or, or maybe the fear, Brian, I think you said this, um, and, of maybe being exposed, maybe they're, maybe some of the things they're hiding from, they don't really want to have to address. How do we help get those people to trust in the coaching aspect of it? What, one of the, uh, one of the ways that I, I worked with my clients and, and Mickey, you're, you're exactly right. You, you, you don't go in there where you just want to tackle them at their knees. And that that's that's not coaching at all. Right, you, say, you don't start off the first day with the Oklahoma drill. <laughs> no, no, you don't. No, you don't. So we, um, you know, I and I've seen those coaches. I have, and and unfortunately, I, I have worked beside some of those people that are are just you know real real hard and and uh, yeah, I don't. I this is not my style. So my, my style was exactly what you said in the, in the very beginning, Mickey, is we really just want to identify a belief system. And then we want to find out, you know, how's that, how does that look when it's played out? And that's why I took note on, because I haven't, I haven't quite asked it that way. But then, you know, what, what, what are certain things? So when we're looking at coaching, I can tell you that it, it's just good to ask questions. If, mm -hmm. if you're afraid of how much it costs, ask. Yeah. Just, just, just be upfront. You know, what, what are the questions? What are some of the sample questions you're going to ask me through our sessions? Ask the questions upfront. 
So you, you eradicate, you eliminate that fear. God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And the, the whole thing about coaching for, from my aspect, Lyndon, when, when I work with somebody, it is always based off edifying. So love edifies. So yeah. if I'm doing this out of love, it's edifying, which is building these people up. It's building up their, their intellect, their confidence, their emotions, eliminating stress, anxieties, any additional pressures that they can walk shoulders back, head up. And they can charge forward with the utmost confidence that God is their source and they're going to have great results. Mm -hmm. You know, made me think, uh, you know, when a kid would come off the field uh, and coming to me as a coach, you know, some of the things I would begin, I'd say, okay, um, tell me, what did you see? Okay, then what did you do? Mm -hmm. and why did you do that? And, and that's helping, you know, I could sit there easily and tell them, Mm -hmm. That helps them bring to mind, well, he did this, and so I did this, and, and, and this is why I, I did this. And, and, and really, that is coaching what takes place. You know, it all depends on when you talk about uh, people don't want the coaching. You know, you, you, you've got to be able to measure how far to go um, to maintain that relationship. And, you know, if, I'll go as deep as they allow me to go, but I'm, uh, that's up to them. You know, that's the other thing in, in a right, you know, they're, they're paying to be coached. And so that's, that's up to them. You know, we can go as far as you want and continue to do that. Uh, but again, it's to edify. Mm -hmm. At the end, end of the day, when we leave, when that meeting is over, did, did I add value to their life? And that, that includes encouragement. That, in, that in, includes uh, validating who they are as a person, that they have worth, that they have value, that they have purpose. Those, those are the things that I need to leave that meeting with when we're over. And, and so they will look forward to that next time that we're together. Absolutely. Mickey, you, I'm sure you know this. Um, anybody that I think that's ever coached does is that <clears throat> one of the greatest things that we can do when we're coaching a, a high school athlete is help build their confidence. Because without confidence on the field, it doesn't matter how smart they are, how athletic they are, um, you just can't get it done. And it's the same way in business. We got into business because we believed in something. We believed we could accomplish something. And sometimes through no fault of our own, like times like this, um, our confidence is challenged. Yeah. It's challenged. Am I really where I need to be, where I'm supposed to be? And having the right leaders, the right mentors, and the right coaches can reaffirm that and, mm -hmm. and remind you or remind us of why we got into what we got into in the first place. That, you know, that takes time. Let me give you an example of that. People say, oh, the coach must have got a great fiery speech, you know, pregame speech or halftime speech. You know, those speeches last about as long as that takes for that kid to run down that field on kickoff and get hit upside the head. And it matters no more. Right. It's what is on the inside. And so that belief, that confidence, it, it's a timely process. It's, coaching is not like a one-time one session. It's over a period of time. And, and it takes time to bring about that. Again, we want to bring about the, uh, the internal change in them, uh, what I call the transformation of the way they think, the way they see themselves. Right. So mindset part, I mean, that's, we talked about that a lot. Coaching goes a lot to do with, with, with your mindset. Would you, as far as leadership and mentorship, other than the example in front of you of watching a leader perform or watching a mentor perform and, a, and adapting or adopting their, their particular habits, would you, either one of you say that leadership and mentorship has a, a bigger impact on your mindset than coaching would? Would it be the same or is coaching really more geared towards that mindset? Mickey, what do you think? I think leaders can inspire. I think it's, it's you know, the best leadership is when um, you don't know it's being, a, uh, the person who's being the leader doesn't know they're being observed. So the, that that daily choices that they make, there's, there's a scripture that talks about in, in First Peter, it talks about honoring the governor, honoring those in authority. But it says, you know, here's why. 
By doing so, you will silence the foolishness of evil men. So there's nothing they can say against you that I, I have nothing to say. So when Jesus was for, you know, he punches Pilate, he said, I, I find no fault in this guy. You know, you know, it that's what leadership is, is that they see us and by every time we do something, so we're doing the right thing, we're living out the right example, it silences the critics. It's like, I got nothing to say against that guy. I mean, I have the utmost respect for that person. That's, I think that's where leadership really has its power. Mm -hmm. Brian, what do you think um, as far as the leadership mentorship coaching aspect um, and, and what I was just asking Mickey? Okay. I, I think all of them are, are, are really important. And one of the things that, that just keeps on coming back to me is leadership and ownership. You know, are, are we responsible? And, and one of the things that I've had to deal with in my life and, and even, even in writing in my book that I had to repent, I had to repent for abdicating responsibility when I, when I shouldn't have abdicated it. And I relinquished control when I should have never relinquished the control. And I was trying to control things that I'd never had even any business controlling in the first place. And I was all tangled up. And, and when the, the Lord showed me and began to show me and open up my eyes, then, you know, here are my, here's my belief systems. You know, why do I have those? And, and I'm going to go back, you know, we call, I call them core values, Mickey. Yeah. And, and out of your core values, you get your signature message. And then out of your signature message, then that becomes your actions and then your, your, your choices are, are stemmed from that and your habits are developed and that's where character comes. So mm -hmm. when, when we're looking at ownership, uh, it, it's really leadership to me, Lyndon. It, it's taking that responsibility as a husband, as a, as, as a dad, as a friend, as a business owner, as an employee. You know, I, I have people on our team that even though I'm, I'm a, a business owner, a sole proprietor, I, I still have the respect that I owe and reverence I owe and subordination. There, there are a lot of things that I still owe to others around me. And, and that, doesn't, that doesn't minimize my position. It actually, it becomes more interdependent, what we talked about last week versus dependent or, or independent. So mm -hmm. I, I think that leadership and ownership is really important. Uh, nowadays, because you might, you might not want a coach. You, you might have a mentor and not need a coach or think you have a coach and not need a mentor or whatever. But I think when it comes right down to it, uh, there, there's a scripture in the Bible. I told my, my teenage sons, I stopped the car after church because they were arguing and it's in Thessalonians and it talks about mind your own business. I said, both of you right now are self-employed. You, you can mind your own business. What your brother did is none of your business. What you are doing is none of your brother's business. It is your business and God's given you that responsibility and you need to manage it appropriately. And, and that was such a, it was an eye-opening moment. I don't even know if my sons remember it, but I can tell you, I remember it because we all need to mind our own business as a business owner, as a leader, regardless if I'm a, if I'm a sole proprietor or a, a an employee for a corporation, I, I still believe in that leadership, leadership with your team, leadership in your community, in your neighborhood, and I, I think that's an, an important thing that we can't we can't abdicate any longer. Can I add something to what you said? Sure. Uh, sure. You, you keep bringing up responsibility, and this is something. Twenty five years ago, I learned someone someone told me this, shared this with me. Uh, I was a speaker's list too, but it's defined what is a real man? R E A L. A real man rejects passivity, engages with God, accepts responsibility, and leads courageously. So I've always kept that as knowing what I'm supposed to do as a man. To be a real man, I need to reject passivity. I, I don't allow, and this is where coaching. They is what you've coached, what you see is what you've allowed. And that's passivity, that we don't want to take the action as a leader to do something. Engage with God, for he's our foundation, accept responsibility because we own it, and lead courageously. Leadership 
takes courage. Yes, it does. That's that's a choice, right? What's the only? And, and I believe that is based on right is still right, no matter if anyone else is doing it, and wrong Correct. is still wrong, no matter if everyone's doing it. Correct. That's where courageous leadership comes in. Absolutely. Well, guys, we have about five minutes left. And so I want each one of you to give your final opinion on what you feel. If, if there's someone out there that's, that's struggling in their career, struggling in their business, um, the, those three components, the leadership, mentorship, coaching, just give them a little bit of what your perspective is on why they need all three, why, why all three might make the difference in what they're looking for. Um, and then we're going to finish up with Mickey and let him tell us a little bit about more about his business. And then I will close this out. Uh, Brian Dobbs, I'm going to let you go first. I'm going to put all the pressure on you. Um, so be quick. I'm a, I'm a, get in my pastoral. I'm a business owner that's struggling. I don't know where to turn. Okay. Uh, I've got friends that are good leaders. So that I, I believe I've got, a, I've got a mentor that showed me how to get, you know, my business off the ground. Um, I'm just, you know, I don't know that I need coaching because I have both of those. What's your advice to me? So what, one of the things I, I would, I would want to understand the definition of leadership, the definition of, of mentoring and what is that doing? You know, what, where have you grown? What are the, the positive things about that? And then I want to share with you the difference between leadership mentoring as we've discussed on this program and show you the difference what a coach does and what a coach can do. And if you align yourself properly with the right coach, not every coach, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't believe in that, but, but get the, get the right person around you that can give you a holistic approach, give you, give you some healthy things to start working on and growing in, in multiple areas of your life and then look at, you know, here are my end results. This is where I want to be. You know, how, what, what is the plan, the game plan to get there? So I, because the coach in my definition will, will incorporate your and complement your mentorship and your leadership personally. Great advice. Um, Mickey, what about you? If I came to you and, and I, I said the same thing, I've got a, I've got a friend that I feel is a great leader and I've got a mentor that helped me get my business off the ground. Why do I need coaching? Um, would that help me? What would your advice to me be at that point? Well, we do both personal coaching and business coaching. And, and after, you know, I've, I've had an opportunity to be a, a head football coach and athletic director in four different programs. And and three of those were perennial losers when I took over, and one was a fairly new program that that hadn't established anything. And and uh, you know, from what I'd learned and what I learned over that process, developed each one into to a a consistent winning program. That were those principles that that I gained uh, when I when I moved over into business coaching are the same basic principles that you apply there. You know, the, the uh, again, with the coaching of the leaders, uh, but, but the things such as um, uh, <laughs> analytics, you know, yeah. analytics are important. Uh, the, the data, the processes, Nick Saban says this, you know, Nick Saban doesn't focus on the outcome. And, I, and I'm, I've always believed that. I've never, somebody once questioned me and said, hey, uh, what were your goals? I said, well, my goal is to give our best, have a great attitude, trust your coaches, love each other. And that's a process. Go out and do the things you believe in on a daily basis. This process is what you focus on. Uh, you don't focus on the outcome because if you do the process, if you stick to it, you're going to obtain the outcome that you desire. Right. So that's what, you know, and going in and coaching these leaders of companies, helping them to see those areas in their, in their, their, their servant leadership areas and, and their client service areas and their people areas and their, and their, and, their, and, their, uh, and we got to produce, you know, you, you, you have to, I would say, uh, you know, some basic rules uh, that we use in coaching is, uh, is to have a great attitude 
But the other part of that is you got to produce. Right. We, we can be prepared daily. We can work as hard as we can, but, but ultimately you've got to produce. Absolutely. And, and so those same principles going into a business and looking at it, uh, and, and where does it start? It starts with the leader. It starts with the vision. It starts with the culture that they need to establish. It starts with the values that they want to put in place to say, this is what our company, these are the values. And then <laughs> you've got to live those out. You, your company has to be what it says it is because you know what most people are looking for? They, they're looking for authenticity. They, they just want to know this. Is he who he says he is? Are they who they say they are? Isn't that the quickest way? And I, I agree 100%. Brian said this, and, and you said this at the beginning, Mickey. <clears throat> if I'm looking for a coach and I'm seeking out, I'm, I'm looking to identify first their core values and how they live that out, that goes a long way to the trust factor right there. Would you not? Would you Would you agree? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so we got uh, got a few minutes left, Mickey. Before we get off of here, I wanna I want you to share with everybody um, what your ideal client is, how okay. they can contact with you, um, and if someone is looking for a coach, how they can go about partnering with you. Well, my name's fairly easy. It's if you think of Mickey Mouse. I hated it as a child, but as an adult, people remember Mickey Moss, M O S S, my last name. I work with U.S. Leadership. Our website is usleadership.net. Um, you know, our ideal client is, is, it could be anywhere from two persons to, to 200 persons. We, when, when you start getting bigger than 200 people, it's really hard to, to, to make a difference. We have a unique team of four different individuals. We have Andy White, our CEO, who's just been, uh, he's had incredible success with large industries here in the Metroplex, architect firms, uh, construction firms. I mean, you just name it, Andy's done it. And, and so we use his principles. We have a process engineer, we have a manufacturing engineer, so they understand uh, the, the, the things, the data that needs to be measured, the predictability, the processes that need to be put in place, the expectations. And then for me, I, I, I work with the leaders. I work with the key leaders. Uh, I, I help them uh, see that vision that they once had. I, uh, I do the one-on-one -on -one coaching with them. So what, that two to 200 uh, size that we work with, uh, we're basically helping them grow, uh, grow in excellence. And we've, just in the last year, the clients I've worked with, and, and it's not me, it's, it's US leadership. The growth that I've seen in, in our clients and their companies, even right now going through difficulties, our clients are in excellent shape. They had great cash flow, their capital, uh, their, their, their uh, work in progress, but also uh, the work that they have uh, got, their backlog is what we call it. Mm -hmm. They're in great shape. They all were prepared for the, for the uh, SBA loans. I prepared them for that, for the P Paycheck Protection Program and then the EIDL loans. Uh, all of them have secured those loans of my 12 clients. Uh, and, and so, you know, basically we were trying to help them be prepared to see those. Uh, we, 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 we work with them on trying to recession-proof their, uh, their business and what they're in by, by specifically targeting areas. And we're using this as an opportunity because we're in excellent shape cash flow to look at, hey, let's not be guarded. Let's go out there and let's start uh, seeking those people that we can bring in. Let's add these new people. If we've got the cash flow and we've got the work in progress. So we, let's, let's use this opportunity to, to get more clarity and to be more prepared. You know, this is a big advantage uh, right now as a company. We need to look at it that way. We know people are struggling. And I think through all of it, what we're also helping them do at this time is understand their people. The, the impact they have on the families that are their team members and, and, and have empathy during this time because they could be hurting. They, they could have spouses that have been laid off in their job. You know, right. there's uncertainty about that. So let's make sure, let's not lose the focus of the most important people. The most important people are our team, the people in the locker room. Right. Yes. The ones that are under your care. Don't forget you're, here to lead them right 
Good stuff. Um, Mickey, thank you so much for being here today. Brian, as always, thank you. Um, appreciate you guys being part of the show. I want to remind our listeners that you can not only see our shows on Facebook and YouTube, but you can download and listen to um, our shows on iTunes, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, Google Podcast, and Anchor. And I want to thank everyone for their comments, their views, and their support, as always. And in closing, I want to leave everyone with this thought. The difference can most often be found in the habits and behaviors that lead to the choices we make, the paths that we take, and the discipline needed to stay the course until the person we are today becomes the person we really want to be. And in turn, that leads us from where we are today to the place that we've always wanted to be. So until next time, don't give up, don't give out, don't give in, because more often than not, the difference is you. Amen.